This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all to the Formation Lab, the yard of bricks inside your headphones and or car speakers. My name's Luke. I'm joined as always by my partner in crime, Tim. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing great today, sir. It's good to hear from you. Good to talk to you again. I am, you know, I, I'm glad you're doing good because you're, you're in a high spirit. And, I am. And I need to talk to you about something very important. Now, I'm looking at this rundown that you put together. Yes. And I said specifically, I want a history of bricks in here. Right. And you seem to have somehow interpreted that as brick yard and yes. wrote entirely things on the Indy 500. Yeah, because bricks were just boring as shit. It was the Indy 500 not boring? I didn't oh, watch it. Oh, the Indy 500 was a glorious return to the pe- the fans in the stands. And I know darn well that you are lying right now because you were there along with a couple of our friends. And I it, it was absolutely crushing <laughs> to me to not be there. This was one of the coolest Indy 500s I've seen. Granted, and again, everybody remembers, I'm not the IndyCar guy. I'm the Formula One guy. But this was so much fun. You know what? You know what? You're right. I can't keep the bit up any longer. I'm throwing the hat off. It's Indy, baby. I was at the Indy 500. Tim watched the Indy 500. You actually watched several parts multiple times. We'll get to that. Oh, Oh, I did. (laughs) But that was... This is your indie review episode, everybody. Go nuts. And if you haven't watched it, for the love of God, turn us off and go watch it. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Spoilers beyond here. If you listen to this point, this is your fault. This is on you. This is all spoilers. Sorry. Well, not that sorry. This is on you. And and we you know we have spoiled races before because we don't care about spoiling you know the Spanish or French Grand Prix we actually don't even care about spoiling like the St Pete Grand Prix but this race this race this year you want to watch going in blind you really really <laughs> do you you have to watch it yourselves it is absolutely fantastic um, but yeah now we're going to give you a three second pause to stop listening. Oh my gosh, Elio Castroneves, number four, your fourth. That was so cool. The, the, the yes, Elio Castroneves, forty-six yep. years old, wins it for the fourth time on a one-off. And the thing is, is that he was cut from Penske last year. Yeah, he was. He was and cut. Yeah, he was. He was just let go. That was it. He got a one-off drive, one shot at the five hundred, and it's a lot of money. To go to the Indy 500. It, it is. And and historically, one-off drives don't usually end well, right? Mm. Like, they don't win. They'll, they'll be okay sometimes, but they don't win. So, Elio Castroneves. All right, look, we're, we're, into the, we're into the GP review. I, I usually announce it. We're into the GP review. I have seen... I have watched IndyCar for, at this point, probably the majority of my life. Or, or thereabouts, right? I'm 26. Uh, so I'm still young, but it's about half my life, maybe more. Well, well, okay, all right. You, you know, I don't, I don't need that glib because what I'm trying to you, say you're here, you're past your quarter life crisis. What it's I'm trying over. to say here, know what's going on, is <laughs> that I have seen the brickyard kind of tell its own tales. It spins it. That track, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, has a soul, and I don't think anybody who has ever watched a race there, who has like really kind of lived in the racing space will tell you anything different. That track has a soul. It is alive. And most years it tries, it seems to select its own winner, right? Yeah. Like, man can try and throw darts at a dartboard and pick who they think is going to win. But at the end of the day, it's up to the it's up to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to pick its own winner, right? I have seen it 
weave some absolutely beautiful stories before, right? Dan Weldon's win in 2011 before, uh, you know, he passed away tragically later that season. Uh, Alexander Rossi as a rookie winning it on a fuel run in 2016. I'm talking maybe all time. This might be overall one of the most beautiful stories it has ever spun. And the thing is, it is it had it had great stuff the whole way around. Very mi- minimal uh, safety cars, mm-hmm. you know, two actually only, and they were uh, direct results of uh, pit lane incidents, which we'll get into later. Which, yes, we will get into those later. But I thought that there were highs, there were lows. The lows we actually expected. Yeah, uh, I think uh, if you rewind our show, you'll find that we did predict the one low that happened. Uh, like three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, with Alexander Rossi having an issue in the pit lane. Oh, shocker. Yeah, yeah. It's a totally shocking. But it had these incredible, intense highs as well. It did. And it wasn't just in the race. There were externalities about the race, right? You know, in 2020, we go into this global lockdown, right? Yeah. And immediately, like, I know I was talking with you and we were both in 2020. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to the Indy 500. I'm hoping I can. Fingers crossed. I didn't. And then I didn't go to the makeup date in August. The only Indy 500 that's been outside of the month of May ever. Only one with no fans, right? So you have this emblematic shutdown of both America and the world at large. And this year, they go, you know what? We're not going to have full capacity, but we're going to have fans back. And we're going to have about 130,000 of them. All right? That's a lot of fans, but IMS is huge. Okay. It is a leviathan. It, it, no joke. There's two hundred thousand seats in there. So like we, we sat our little pod of people sat away from other people. Anyway, mm-hmm. P.S. I am totally going next year. <laughs> you really I'm are. not missing this again. You really are. You have to. I'm forcing you. I'm yeah. going to hold you like hostage. Anyway, the externalities around this race. America's opening back up. We're kind of coming out of this kind of national nightmare as you were and not only is there a race but it puts on a show it has this historic result where elio castroneves beloved by the indianapolis motor speedway and the india indycar crowd you'll nary find somebody more beloved that's not named andretti right nary yeah look at this you were dropping like sat words in here my man i know uh, yeah. you, you tried to be poetic on the drive back from Indianapolis, didn't I, you? I, I had about four and a half hours to do it, so yes. There you go. But you won't find anybody more popular with the indie crowd than Elio Castroneves that, that isn't named like Andretti. Uh, like, yeah, you won't. No, right? and it's so for he him is to, a fan favorite, the fan favorite. The fan favorite. So for him to win in front of the crowd, the first crowd back after this nightmare, it was just so beautifully poetic to do it in such dramatic fashion, to to have a race where not only that, but the hometown kid led 40 laps. Yeah, it, it was, was so, in a Chevy-powered military car. Yeah. That was so cool. It was... Hashtag America. One of the most electric events. I've been I've been to so many Indy 500s. I've been to, I mean, I've been to Winter Classics, World Series, uh, NHL playoff games. That might have been the most electric event I've ever been at. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Let's talk about the actual race. Let's talk about the actual <laughs> race, yes. So. So. Elio Castroneves. Elio Castroneves. <laughs> yeah, the the thing that none of us knew that we needed was a was a fence climb. I That's did. I needed. didn't realize I was doing it, but like I got up, kind of out of my seat. I was going nuts, mm-hmm. right? And my brother is starting to like 
exit because he's parked forever away. Uh, we had actually a handicapped parking spot because somebody in our in our group had you know a hanger. And uh, so I'm like, no, we got time. And, I, and we all like see that fence climb, and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't realize I need to see this. And I'm sitting out like in between turns three and four, so I can't actually see it. I'm watching it on the screen, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I hear the crowd war. It it is. It is exactly what my life needed. Elio Castroneves, the most deserving fence climb of them all. That was awesome. Fourth Indy 500 victory that ties the all-time record. And to put it in perspective, he won his first in 2001, 2002, 2009, and now 2021. 60 or 20 years apart, almost to the day. That's just wildly impressive. At the age of so, at the age of 46. It's watching him and Alex Pillow duel for the last 20 laps was just edge of your seat, primetime entertainment. And the thing that got me with Elio is that it was it was a bit like watching, like, if you could travel back in time and it's watching, like, Da Vinci, like, paint the Sistine Chapel, where, like, everything he does, every brushstroke, every move he makes is just this, like, very precise... Calculated, calculated, masterful stroke. And when you were watching those final 20 laps, heck, even about 40 laps to go, you could tell, you know, something was cooking. You could tell you were watching a master at work. And the old maestro really did show every other youngster because that was actually one of the main storylines was, you know, the old guns versus the young guns. And, you know, the new how the new uh, generation of drivers is actually supremely strong. And they will take it to the old guard no matter what. So you saw the old maestro show everybody in the field how to actually, uh, you know, kind of stack up against your uh, opponent, find their weaknesses, and attack at the precise right moment. Um, and it was really gorgeous. I, I about died uh, in the last, like, two laps when they hit traffic. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no. I've watched, I've watched him just, just systematically learn his opponent and strike at the right moment and it was it's about to be ruined by slow folks yeah. but you know I, I i think i think there's a quote by elio castroneves um who by the way by the tied for fourth right joins aj foyt al unser and rick mears three of the greatest drivers in any discipline anytime anywhere right he goes to be honest, I felt my car was very good since after qualifying, after that practice. I knew it was good. I felt the car. It was great. I told Mike. I said, Mike, we don't touch it. This car is really good. Don't touch it. Then in carb day, I didn't want to run much. We wanted to do some pit stops. Remember, this is the first time we're running. Uh, this is the first time we're running. It's a little bit of timing, understanding. Even myself, I need to be understanding what the group needs. When you're going 60 miles an hour in the pits, I have to say I did not push coming in and out on laps because I didn't want to make any mistakes. The car was that good. Once the pit cycles came in, in the race, and I was in second place with Polo, Pato came to play a little bit. I was just keep doing what I'm doing, understanding what I need to do. I lost too many races in second place here. I said to myself, this is not going to be that day. And he made it stick. Yeah, no. And he, yeah, he watched Palo. Yeah, and Pato, my 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 horse for the for the race, did a great job. Pato Award did an amazing job. But Elio Castroneves, it cannot be, it can't be understated in any type of you know verbal way. It, it was a masterful 
handling of the race. It was because you saw him with about 40 to 60 to go in that kind of air, area. You were looking, and in, 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 to me, in the crowd. Tim and I, by the way, I haven't watched the full race replay yet, right? I've caught glimpses here and there. But I was here, Tim watched on TV. So Tim and I have very different impressions of how the race played, right? We do, yes. Um, I didn't have to walk a country mile. <laughs> you know what? We had that handicapped parking sticker, so we had to walk about 30 feet to our, well, to our seats, but I still went to the museum because of course I did, and that's, you know, yeah. that's a mile. Anyway, but uh, to, to watch Castro Neves with about 40 to 20 laps to go, he's not taking the lead, right? Right. And I sat there and I'm going, what is he doing? What is he doing? What is he doing? And they kind of clicked with me. I'm like, my man is literally just sitting there sizing his opponent up. Yep. He's looking there and he's sitting and he's going, I'm in second place. I just don't have to be here by the end of the race. That's all and, I have to do. I just want to know. Savings. Right. Yeah. I want to know where he's gaining time, where he's losing time. Oh, down to the millimeter. Where is he putting his tire in turns one and two? It was like watching. It's like watching like a Mercedes hunt down, you know, some some poor it's, car. It actually was like a, watching a big cat yeah. hunt its prey, and you know, it it just eyeballs and it doesn't it does it doesn't blink. It just waits, and then it pounces at the right time. It's exactly what happened. Uh, I want to say too. Uh, did you watch the entire celebration? Because that was, that was the longest celebration was, and, I've ever seen. And you know what? It was awesome. It was. I loved it. I loved watching the celebration. I could not be any happier for Elio Castroneves. You know what? I think old man Penske was happy for Elio in, the, old, in that moment. Old man Penske looked happy. You saw uh, you saw Mario Andretti. Like, he can go to Mario Andretti, and Mario Andretti kissed him, like, on the forehead, like, as a official blessing of, like, welcome to, to leg- the legend. Well, because even Mario didn't win that many times at Insty. But, like, welcome to a club that even I'm not in, but welcome to, like, legend, to IndyCar yeah. myth. Right. You Come to Indianapolis, you will never buy a drink again. If he if he had to already, true, <laughs> true. But, but uh, it was awesome. Him just sprinting down the front stretch was incredible. Yeah. Honestly, I mean the just the the look of pure joy on his face, like that grin was ear to ear. That was a bigger than Daniel Ricardo grin. That was, it was awesome. it really was. Uh, so Castro Nevis hmm. this year, all right. Maybe not the triple crown technically, but I think we'll call this the triple crown of a year because I can't think of anybody who had a better year. Uh, Castro Nevis this year has won the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car title, uh, the 24 at Daytona, and now the Indy 500 at age 46. <laughs> In a calendar year, Tim. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. And, oh, man. I have- That's the thing I love about IndyCar. Is that on any given day, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. And, I mean, we said this earlier in the show, right? Like, the track picks its own winner. Like, the track has this soul, and it just, re- go, like, shuffles through, the, you know, the starting grid like a nerd in a comic book shop, which we have done before. And we're like, no, 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 no. Yep, that one. Yeah. I choose this one. It's 24 back. Nobody's even thought this guy had a chance. Here you go. And and then, it, you know, it, it also thumbed through and picked 18 back to lead the race for, you know— 40 laps. Connor Daly, the hometown <laughs> boy, getting out front and pulling off a really great time. Almost the story of the race was Almost. Connor Daly. Yeah. Uh, he sho- So let's talk opening lap and yes. how it benefited Connor Daly. Yes. Because the opening laps, you had Dixon on the inside, you know, starting on the inside of, uh, of Colton Herta and Renus VK. Now, 
if you're a seasoned IndyCar watcher like me, you might have gone onto St. Louis Airwaves to three million people and said, bet the house on Scott Dixon because he has, you know, four rookies or close to it, you know, in the front two rows. I didn't tell you to do that. Well, I did. I took the initiative. Ah. Scott Dixon uh, immediately is passed by VK and then Herta, mm-hmm. right? And he just seems to be sitting there, old vet move. Yeah, you run in third. Who cares? What, it only matters where you're running in lap 200, not, right. not lap 10, right? Well, that is when Stefan Wilson, who we'll get into, spins in the pits. Yeah. Now, what that leads to is, obviously, it's in the middle of this pit window. So, like, approximately half the field had pitted. Approximately half the field still needed to pit. So, the other half got a really nice, cheap pit stop while some of the others were screwed. Nobody screwed more than Scott Dixon and Alexander Rossi, right? Correct. They, it, it says wrecking the pits, so they have to shut the pits off. And you're running, I mean, Indy is a precise, precise fuel number kind of track, right? Like, you don't have the fuel to run an extra lap. You know exactly how much you have. Exactly. And so you need an emergency splash and dash. Right. Which went wrong for both of them. It went wrong for both of them because when they pulled in, uh, they basically dried the entire line out of their car because they were out of, like, just out out of fuel, Mm -hmm. stalled their car, and they're like, we gotta start it, we gotta start it, splash and dash. Okay, it started. Okay, let, let's go. Okay, we actually need to get a full thing out now. So come on in and fill the tank. Mm-hmm. But what that allows us to do, though, and we'll get into those two a little more later, is talk about Connor Daly because I would remember I saw the I saw the yellow flag. I go, man, I gotta take a take a wicked leak, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a yellow flag. Eh, whatever, you know, it's what's gonna happen. And I get back and I'm, you know, in a jersey of somebody who shall not be named. And I just see everybody in this section kind of look at my jersey and go, eh? <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But I get back in the chaos, and I'm like, what? you're telling me what happened? Yeah, by the way, Connor Daly is sitting third because he, he timed that right. Yeah. And the second you realize that, you go, oh, Connor's got to make a move. This place is going to explode. Well, and he's he's the hometown boy. They know he, what he's up to. They do. And he they know that, I mean, how many was this for him? How many indies? Indies? Oh, I want to say four, maybe I was going to say, I think it's been four. And he's never led a lap. Yeah. So well, and, and, it was like, it was the perfect, perfect set of circumstances for him to come back from where his starting position in 18th. And you have to remember, too, that Connor Daly um, in IndyCar... Uh, first race is actually twenty third or twenty thirteen. That's way longer ago than I thought it was. Anyway, but uh, you have to remember though that like, yeah. So one, two, three. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Four. Hold on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight. I thought, man, I thought it was forever ago. I anyway, thought, yeah. You have to remember that at this point, Connor Daly has had basically. Two full seasons of IndyCar, three if you count, two and a half, counting 2020, right? Well, no, we'll count we'll count three because he was with Carlin and at Carpenter Racing last year. Anyway, he's been fighting his entire life. The point yes. is for a full time seat and a good shot in a good car. So when you see him in third, you're like, he's got everything on the line. And he actually had a pretty good car because that was one of the that was one of the biggest stories. Was he takes the lead, but the fashion in which he did it mm-hmm. was 
dive bomby. It was risky. It was balls to the wall, which on lap 80 is like, okay. But you show that you can do that because you're going to need it on laps 175 through 200. Correct. And 80 is about the stage of the race where everything got pretty doggone racy. Yeah. Everybody was moving and shuffling position and taking dive bombs. I saw Pags make at least three dive bombs in that section between 80 and like 115. Uh-huh. And I was thrilled by it. Um, didn't see uh, Big Sexy move too much up the board in that in that phase and I think that probably hurt him later on for his finish but um I mean everybody was just really racy and and dive bombing on VK as well it really it was you know and and that was uh Connor Daly who by the way dive bombed on VK I believe it was for the lead he passed VK for the lead <laughs> it was it was an aggressive move and it was. you heard the announcers go ah! what classic indie yeah. Terry Lee, Lee Diffie oh god <laughs> There we go. God, I could listen to Lee Diffie call paint dry. Anyway. The thing is, is that for me, Lee Diffie now is one of the voices of summer. He like is. here in St. Louis with the with the Cardinals, we have uh Dan McLaughlin, we have Mike Shannon, we have John Rooney calling the games. Those those are the voices of summer. With cycling, you have uh, you know, those guys that are the voices of summer and their um names are going to escape me right now because my head is not in the cycling space. But it's okay. Uh, the Giro d'Italia, the Italian Grand Tour, was very, very good. If anybody is into racing, go check that out. Um, but he is Lee Diffie is a voice of summer. Hearing him, you know, say, "And here he comes to say, start your engines." He, he's so excited, and it's just such enthusiasm. It's so fun. The wild thing is, is I'll watch like a different series, and Lee Diffie will be calling it, and I'll immediately be like, big smile. I'm like, I'm like, it's Supercross. I'm like, I'm getting grin on Supercross. Why? Because they dropped Ralph Sheehan, and Lee Diffie's calling Supercross last year, and I'm like. Dude, it's Lee Diffie. I love. Yeah. I like my my actual enjoyment of the event goes up knowing that Lee Diffie, like listening to Lee Diffie. Yeah. Anyway, that's our Lee so, Diffie. Yeah, love sorry, that's we, a, that we is love, the love note. We yeah. love Lee Diffie. We're, we're two radio guys, yeah. so we really like the voices. One of the one of the best racing broadcasters ever in yeah. my mind. Anyway, it's Connor Daly. So Connor Daly takes this lead lead on lap fifty. Crowd goes wild. Connor Daly's tire. Uh, well, not Connor Daly. Connor Daly gets hit by a flying tire by Graham Rahal in another pit lane incident. So Graham Rahal has, I believe it was a le- left rear. Uh, or was it a right rear? It was a right rear. Right rear. Because he lost control of that thing completely. Yeah. The right rear tire isn't properly gunned on. He gets out to, you know, pit lane. And and he was having a great race himself. He really he was. was. in great position. And to see, and this was one of the sad storylines. So... We we did kind of gloss over it, but Rossi and uh, and Dixon had really bad pit stops and the, for their splash and dash. The cars wouldn't start back up. They wouldn't start back up because again right. they were pretty much out of fuel. They had dried all their lines, so they had yeah. to get like a manual start again, basically. They had to yeah they had to manual start completely, and then Alex Rossi makes a motion like hey let's go, and Dixon kind of just looks at him like dude, I know kid, dude I know. the day's over, yeah. <laughs> like it's done. Um, but. Uh, Ray Hall, so that was kind of agonizing to see at the first part. This was another agonizing scene because Ray Hall comes out of the pit lane and just goes straight across the track into the wall. He knows the day is done, and he gets out, and there's just this pure agony. He's His arms are in the air. He's, like, down on the ground. He's just purely agonizing over the fact that he was looking so good. Ray Hall was very racy, and, and yeah. yeah, like you said, he was looking very good, but that tire... I remember because I was listening to Connor Daly's radio at that point, right? Uh, pro tip, the IndyCar app slaps if you have 
if you you know have full access to it, uh, go get it. Because I was listening to his radio feed, right? And your heart breaks for Ray Hall. And then your heart breaks because Daly goes, I just got hit by a tire. Because you're watching on like that little screen, you know, out in the end, out in the, you know, the infield. And you're like, is that? Don't tell me that was Daly. And then just got hit by a tire. He had hit by a tire and his nose cone was cracked. And that has to it take was, off. It was bad. So here's a little bit of insight. So that obviously was going to wreck his race one of two ways, right? You can come in and pit, but surprise, you're going to have to pit under caution. Not a lot of people are. Race pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Or you can stay out there and risk the damage and say, eh, I don't know. And your race might be over, but you maybe can salvage something. So they try option number two. I'm hearing them on the radio, and Connor Daly and his team are both going like, do you think that it had any damage to anything other than your wing? And Daly's going, I, I think it just hit my wing. Which, by the way, uh, thank God for the arrow screen because that's another three inches you probably were from killing a driver. There and against the wall with Ray Hall, mm-hmm. I was thankful for the screen. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, hey, that was bad. Yeah. That could have been Which, really by the way, dark. Roman Groshan dropped in after on, I think it was Twitter or Instagram, basically. Like, I was so foolish to second guess the Halo and arrow screen because I just watched it save somebody's life today. Um, which obviously is meaningful for him because it saved his life as well. Right. Um, is, yeah. Anyways. And the thing is, you know, you know what I thought of when um, I saw Ray Hall go across like that was what? Alex Zanardi. Yeah. That's the thing that flashed across my head. I'm like, oh my God, please don't let him get hurt. Because things like that don't happen very often. It's Correct. not often you have a car just bent it right off a pit road like right. that. And that's exactly what happened to Zanardi and he came mm-hmm. out in the traffic and his front end and all his legs got taken off yeah so so we're very lucky that it happened you know the way that it did because it was at least the safety equipment that we have is spectacular because let me tell you it only damaged the nose of the car it didn't damage the wing like it didn't break the wing off it basically just put a big old dent in the nose now that's not great but goner daly and his team were sitting there going do we even pull it in? And they're running yellow laps, and you're thinking, like, okay, there's a timer here. Because if you need to pit, you have to do it under yellow. Because if you do it under green, you're losing God knows how many laps, right? One, maybe two, possibly three if it doesn't go clean to replace the nose. Yeah. You know? And uh, I remember Connor Daly had this idea. He goes, he goes, can we get, like, some team photographers or indie car photographers? He goes, get them on the front straight. And I will slow down. I'll come close to the wall. Yeah. Which, by the way, they were telling him. It's actually a great idea. They were, yeah, they were telling him, pass close to the wall so he can look every yeah. single time they're out there. And he goes, and then we'll, and he goes, and just to have them rock, have them take pictures of it, and then we can look. Yeah. <laughs> and, Why the teams don't have that, I don't know. And, and the team goes, yeah, we'll try that. And I'm pretty sure they actually did get, uh, like, their official team photographer, like, their team PR guy, and be like, Point the nicest telescopic lens you have at this guy. And our producer Dylan was bummed. Yeah. Because <laughs> he probably should have been there for he, that. He should have been. Uh so uh hey Dylan, how you doing? He was hey, he was at the race. I know. But I remember pointing out the photographers. I'm like, it needs to be you one of these years, buddy. <laughs> hey, we'll get there. We'll get press passes. We'll get someday. there. We'll get yeah. there. But uh so they figure out like, hey, this dent is basically just that a dent. Yeah. Which is fine, but that dent Well, 
affected the aerodynamics of the car enough that he just wasn't racy anymore. If it costs you a hundredth of a second, that's, that's the gap. That's the gap, right? You know, the, over, the, over what was left. Yeah. You the, know, this, this, 100 laps. Yeah. Yeah. This, or, yeah. this isn't Formula One where like you can just kind of outdrive a car that's damaged to a couple hundredths of a second, right? Right. That's not a slight against Formula One. It's just the inherent nature of oval racing versus road racing. Correct. Oval racing, if you're losing any .002 per lap, above the 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 lines are so thin, you know, the margins yeah. are so thin that that's, that's your race. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just couldn't get... It from there, and Connor Daly finishes a respectable P13, but does get the award for most laps led. And I think to me, all right, this is his first full time drive in a while, right, with a consistent team all the way through. To me, he showed off to sponsors, showed off to teams. You give me a good car, and I'll put it there. I can put it there. You saw what I did because leading in the middle of the Indy 500 isn't the most special thing, but it is special the way he went about it. He did some very good dive bomby moves and how he handled the adversity of that moment. Yeah. Also absolutely outstanding. Yeah. So hopefully he gets a drive soon. Yeah. Uh speaking of Alex Pol- or speaking of adversity, Alex Polo starts a good P6. He got taken to the ringer by Elio Castroneves, finishes P2. It's not a terrible day. First, let me read this quote. Don't sleep on Alex Pillow, well, first, according let me, to Ryan. Yeah, let, me, let me read this quote by Alex Pillow. Quote, uh, finishing second. Yeah, I tried everything. It hurts, but to be honest, it's good to lose against probably one of the best. Well, it's one of the best. Probably the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Elio. I don't know why, but he had three, and why did he want four? He could have given me one. I just wanted one is all. And it's okay. We'll come back next year for sure. So Alex Polo, kind of gracious in defeat. Um, sorry, I don't have the audio of that right now. But uh, Alex Polo, though, very gracious in defeat. And I think he comes away with a smile on his face because of two things. One, you just went toe-to-toe with Elio Castroneves and almost had it from the old man. Uh, almost. Almost won the 8500. Traffic almost played well into your favor. Yeah. Uh, but two, Tim, do you want to take a nice look at the IndyCar standings right now? Oh, yeah. He's in front. Don't sleep on Alex Pillow. <laughs> Don't sleep on Alex Pillow because Scott Dixon, of course, finishing P... Oh, what was it? I have to look it up. P17 now, which, by the way, way better than he should have been for a lap down because Scott Dixon is Scott bleeping Dixon. Yes. Uh, Scott Dixon sitting in second overall this year, 212 points. Alex Pillow with a, win, with a win earlier this season and now a phenomenal double points second place at the Indy 500. 248 points. Oh look, Alex Pillow is in line to make a great run at the championship. I was going to say, this is one of those monuments where, yeah, he's he's at a good point in the mountain. <laughs> he really is at a good point in the mountain. Uh, by the way, you want to you take a look at who third in the championship is there, Tim? Oh, yes. It's a, it's my boy Pato Award. Yeah, let's talk about Pato Award. Please, today, let's. So, Pato Award God, finishes P4. You know, it was a great day for him. It really was. I mean, I was bummed to see uh, Pags pip him at the end because he had hung in there so much with uh, with Polo and with Castro uh, Neves that it was like, oh, my God, come on. You're, the, you're right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. You have a podium at the Indy 500. That is huge. And then Pags pips him at the end. The other cool thing uh, that it was actually pointed out by our friend Bob, it is extremely easy to know where Pags is. You can see that car from a mile away. You can. It was funny because I'm like trying to point out, I'm like, so you're looking for this car, this car, and this car. And he goes, and I think at one point he said, the only car I can really consistently identify is Pagino, Rossi, 
and like maybe Scott Dixon. And I'm like, well, some years that's all you need to know. Right. But not right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, and Pags was just uh, he he put in a really good last stint mm-hmm. and and took it from Padua Ward. But Padua Ward's whole day should not be discounted. It was an absolutely phenomenal drive. For as young as he is with a team like Arrow McLaren SP that I realize has the backing, they're not some little podunk team, right? When I say it's only a second-year team that 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 conjures images of little Juncos racing or something like that. Right. They're, they're a mighty team. Don't get me still, wrong. That makes me so but, happy. But for a second-year second team and Pato Award, who's, you know, a young gun, a young title contender in the future maybe now in IndyCar I don't think he's a, he would ever consider returning to Formula 1 that's a good question we'll have to get into that yes. in the offseason yes. well, well like mid-season I break I, I don't think he should That's a, I, I think he's really strong here I think he is too and you can age well in this it's this time to have that category. annual discussion it is. At, later yeah. later later. but that's a yeah. meditate on that Tim and I listener will. meditate on where Pato Award is what the upsides and downsides yeah. might be to Anyway, his compatriots Felix Rosenquist did not have that great of a day. No, but Felix is fast, so don't but don't what, sleep on him. What I was going to say though is that Pato Award for a a young driver for a a team that is in its only its second year a P four isn't bad. You're shooting for a P three at one point, but really what stood out to me was look if if you at Indy had a positive net gain that was significantly higher than the amount of cars retired, which, by the way, this year was two, right? Uh, two. Uh, well, no. No, it was three. It's three? Yep. Yeah. Um, because we had two pit lane crashes uh, with, um, you know, some pit lane I'm, I'm entry pulling incidents. It, I'm pulling it out right pin- now. Simona De Silvestro, uh, 31, Graham Ray Hall, and then Stefan Wilson. So, yeah, three. I, I yes, was, I I was trying to remember if Simona retired. Sorry. Anyway, she did. But at that point, I was in the crowd losing my mind at Elio oh, Castroneves. I mean, I we, yeah, we can understand that. But look, he he gained. He went from twelve to four. Gained you know five net positions if you don't count you know the retirements. That's a good weekend for Pato. It's a great weekend for Pato. Uh, great weekend for the entire team yeah. for McLaren. Uh, and then his compatriot, big sexy uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, comes in ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, bummed for him. I think he needed a slightly stronger last half. He did um, kind of go to the uh, Zoom post-race interviews that I got to watch a little bit, um, and he was really angry. He was like, you know, I just don't understand. Uh, I guess he kind of lost some time that he didn't quite get, so I guess he's going to have to check the uh, debrief. Yeah. But um, he did say, he was like, my car was faster than Simon's, period. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I should have been up there. He he should have been. I think Juan Pablo, though, if you finish top ten at Indy, not that his ceiling isn't higher than that. It obviously is. But Juan Pablo again makes a statement to McLaren. He makes a statement to any other team. Hey, you guys need a one-off driver. Big sexy is your big boy. I think they're going to stick with McLaren and uh, Juan Pablo. I think Big Sexy is going to stay the because way- the way his relationship with Zach Brown is so strong, mm-hmm. and. You know, the marketing they did. I was going to say the way it was marketed, right? Yeah. Because you saw these Twitter images from McLaren put out on like, hey, it's Monaco Indie Week, right? Yeah. Because they're on different, like they're on different Sundays now, but it's still seven days between them. And it was on, I think the right hand was Lando Norris. No, it, so or, so the upper left uh, was Padua Ward. The upper right was Felix Rosenquist. The lower left was Daniel Ricciardo. The lower right was 
Lando Norris, and prime in the middle was JPM. It was Juan Pablo Montoya. He was front and center. He was the first person you notice. Yeah, and it was awesome. I and loved the marketing bit. Ironically enough, outside of, I mean, Lando, obviously, uh, outside of Lando, had the best finish of any of those drivers in the photo. He did. He really did. He, yeah, it was it was good. It was a good it was a good showing. I know he's upset. Yeah. But if you're McLaren, you have to look at that partnership and go, ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. I think that he probably was absolutely invaluable to uh, Pato and Felix. Yes. And I think that him talking to at le- at the very least Lando and Daniel, it, I think that's that's the guy you want. That that is a guy That's who the just guy, knows raw speed. For, forget raw disrespectful speed. Yeah, forget the role. Forget Fernando Alonso and the role that McLaren had at one point. Juan Pablo Montoya is the guy you want in that role. It, and Juan Pablo Montoya is also a dad now, yeah. and I think he sees the value in passing wisdom. Yes, it it is something that like you get at that age. Is like it, you know, there's a next generation that is not going to fo- like I'm not going to be a part of. Let me learn you a couple things because yeah. the sport and is bigger than just me like you see the picture of like things are bigger than me so sit down young Pato, young felix yes. and you know like here here are a couple pieces of advice and i think Pato and felix are uh Pato felix you know the whole mclaren roster including lando including daniel are people who will listen yes um so yeah so good weekend for big sexy frustrating for him but i think as a observer I think it was a good weekend. The thing that hurts that hurts Big Sexy is again though, is you you, you had Elio Castroneves, who was in the same age bracket, who was also doing a one off ride, just win the thing. Right. The guy but. you're immediately for comparing your stuff the number one comparison that you have won the darn thing. No disrespect to Juan Pablo Montoya, one of the best drivers uh, just one of the best drivers, you know, on earth. Um He's, he's no Elio at the Indy no. 500. No, he's not. But but <laughs> he, he'll get there. And yeah. I, I do think he'll be back next year. And I think it'll be with McLaren. Let's, I'm very excited. Let's get let's let's answer the neck back next year. Yes. That question. Because we didn't hit this when we were talking about him earlier. But I do think there is something to dissect here. Okay. Elio Castroneves in 2018 gets a nice little boot from Penske. IndyCar. He then races, obviously, in the IMSA WeatherTech series, where he's been very successful mm-hmm. um, over the last calendar year, especially, right? Yeah. Um, Elio Castroneves wants to be an IndyCar. That's the prevailing thought. That's kind of, if you read in between the lines, where he is. Elio Castroneves, did he just drive himself back into a possible full-time IndyCar seat? Because what's the strength of Indy? If you win Indy, man, you dictate your career, my man. Correct. <laughs> to an extent. Yes. But he just won Indy at 46 years old. Are you telling me at 47 the man's too old to race? No. And and you know who else isn't? Tony Kanaan. That's fair. That's fair. So I think the, the better question is I, I think the viewership numbers, I'm really excited to see because I think the viewership numbers, I talked to more people over the last 24 hours that have seen it that have watched it in some capacity or listened to it on IndyCar's Sirius XM uh, app or their station yeah that I think more sponsors are going to want to get in and I think more cars might actually be involved 
And well, that's a good that's a good thing. That's, that's only a, great a good thing, thing for I think Indy. Growth will allow not only the new generation to come in, but the old generation to age gracefully. The Elio Castroneves, the Tony Canans, which means I'll have to update my freaking Facebook profile pictures because it says "Thank you, Tony Canan." I'm sitting on the tribute well, thing, but it's not. Knew his... He was there. Well, we we, we all knew that. We, we all we, we all, all called it when it happened. We're like, that's not going to be a thing. That's not. His it's last Tony Canan. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes, he's he's well into his 40s, but yeah. you and I both saw him at the Bonmarito 500 two years ago that man is fighting fit yeah he is he's still good to go speaking of fighting fit okay back to elio castroneves yes call your shot at what age does he do his last indy 500 50 50 that's only four years from now i'm thinking 55 i think he runs into his mid 50s because hear me out elio castroneves is one beloved two he's always going to find a sponsor at indy because you think he's going to have a 30 year I, I, look, IndyCar career. Look, all right. There's some old school guys that he's up there now. Uh, That's true. With Unser, with Foyt, with Mears, they raced that long too. That's true. I, I think, I think that his drive for five, the drive for five, is going to be the hashtag if it's not already. <laughs> he is wants fit. He wants five. He wants to be known. I am the greatest ever in the history of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. With all due respect to my peers, nobody has five. I want five. I I don't think I don't Tim. If you're in this situation, you're Lewis Hamilton. You've won eight World Driver Championships before you retire. What's your thing that you're going to try for? Your damnedest. Yeah. You're going to go for the triple crown. Right. You're going to go for the nine. You're going to go for the nine. Right. And you're going to go for. You're going to try and do. You're gonna, if I'm if I'm Lewis Hamilton, no, I don't go for the nine. You don't go for the. No, I go for world domination. Okay. I go for IndyCar and I go for Le Mans. That's what I go for. Well, that's because you're smarter than Lewis Hamilton. No, I'm not. No, you're not. <laughs> but anyway, but I think Elio Castroneves, he's never going to have trouble finding a sponsor. Winning at 46 means that at 47, 48, 49, 50, it, he's going to get a, a couple strong teams like Meyer Shank Racing this year mm-hmm. going, you want a car? We'll give you a car. That's no problem. Yeah, we we you, will you, field you, you, you a car. You, you can win at this age, my man. Mm-hmm. And also, you're not going to have... If you, what? You can't find a f- sponsor. One... You kidding me? You're Elio Castroneves. You can find a sponsor too. Here, here's you passing for the lead at the 2021 Indy 500. Just play the crowd war roar to your potential sponsor, and just be like, with, just with be like one third the capacity. Yeah, and just be like, they could be cheering your company on, and they will back up a mountain of cash. Yes. And Elio Castroneves, like I said, he wants to be known as the greatest of all time. I think he does a drive to drive to five. He retires at 55. Okay. He runs his last race at 55. I'm not saying full time. He just runs his last Indy 500 at that age. There you go. And I, I, I think Tim he might get it. I think he might get it. I think he would too. I think he just pro- he just proved that age is a number. It re- well, and age I, is a number. I really but want another fence climb. The, the, I do too, man. I I didn't enjoy this one. I enjoyed this one. I haven't enjoyed it enough. <laughs> right. So um, need an encore. We do. We do. Uh, also, I mean, come on. It's Elio. Everybody loves Elio Castroneves. Yeah. So, moving on to some other drivers that had solid, solid weeks. Uh, Ed Carpenter finished P5. He also had a, another age position number guy. Right. Well, that's the beautiful thing about about Indy, right? Is like, it, it is such a fine line, but like, it, it's, it's a mind game. Once you realize that it is a chess match, the whole complexion of that race changes, right? Where you're like... Oh, the guys who win are guys like, you know, Takuma Sato, who are old, but then they go, they look at that and they go, no, 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 I'm going to pull off these ridiculous dive bombs. I'm going to pull off these insane moves. 
but only because I'm wise enough to know, you know, the teachings of when I should do that. Right. Um, that's when to keep your powder dry. Exactly. 150 laps. After 150 laps, you yeah, have to keep just, them dry. Then, then just, yeah. Well, you have to keep it dry up to 150 laps. So, you know. And then just let it rip. Yeah, you, you know that, you know that friend I had, uh, I have who like watches yeah. F, F1, right? Yeah, yeah. He came to the race. This is his first ever race car race. <laughs> like, like and his you first. A, you picked a darn good one, I, sir. I told, I told him, I'm like. A I fine hope, year, a fine vintage. I told him, I'm like, you, you realize you piss picked a literal instant classic, right? You piss picked? <laughs> this is gonna be another Kimmy. Ki, well, what did I say last week? Kimmy, I have no Pippi idea. Like, Pippi Raikkonen, something, something like, like that. that. We were we were just lightening into you about it. <laughs> Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. But uh, anyway, this was his first ever race, yes. and I'm like, bro, first off, you picked an instant classic. But I told him I don't know how many times this weekend, bro. You have to understand that yes, there are going to be small. Lulls were like 10 minutes go by and you're like not a thing's changed mm-hmm. I'm like but it, the Indy 500 is a 150 lap build up to a 50 lap sprint release yeah <laughs> it's and again the track is evolving all the time and it's you're right it's a it's a leviathan course that is a character in the event in and of itself right so uh, it it played kind of a, it, it gave Santino Ferrucci a good hand. I know, I know you're looking at me, and I know I said the S and the F word together. Okay. Um, oh, I hate that guy. We'll just tear the bandaid off here, okay. and then we'll move on to the next guy. Please. All right. Yes, please. I want to give a small amount of props to Santino Ferrucci from P23 part, start finishes P6. That's actually a pretty good drive. Rip the bandaid off. Stage Karam. Uh, P7. But he got roasted on Twitter the night before. Yeah, he did. That was fun to watch. Him, and, awesome. him and Connor Daly need to have like a West Side Story like street gang fight. You know, Connor Daly pulls out like a switchblade, but instead it's like a switchblade comb and he combs his mullet. Did I'm sorry. Did you just make a West Side Story joke? Yeah. About fighting? Yeah. And then I worked <laughs> it into Connor Daly's switchblade mullet comb. I'm I'm too impressed to be mad. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> all right, but uh, <laughs> where are we? Sage Karam, similar to Santino Ferrucci, but a better drive, I would say. He starts P31, comes home in P7. That's a heck of an improvement. Look, anytime you can get in the top ten at Indy, unless you had a car capable of winning, which neither Ferrucci or Karam really did, right? You know, at that point, you're like, eh, they didn't have a winning car. Um. That's a great result, man. You went thirty-one to seven. That's the magic of the Indianapolis Five Hundred. That's really good. Really that's is. just really doggone good. Uh, so we talked about Scott Dixon, Alex Rossi. Both of them had that stall, and then what they basically did was they lined up at the back of the pack, and I think they wanted to work together. The thought was, hey, let's work together, right? But immediately, well, Rossi wanted to work together. Yeah. Dixon immediately got gapped by Rossi. Though Rossi put like four cars between him at one point. Well, he played. So the thing I actually saw a whole lot of veterans doing was letting the young guns go up front, and um, uh, they were letting them kind of draft a bit, and they played a really good fuel game. So I think Rossi sacrificed a bit more of his fuel um, to make that gap, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, in in. 
and what, and Dixon what, did Dixon things, and he just played it, kept his powder dry. Played his cards right, got Correct. a wave around, got back on the leave lap, and hey, yep. look, he's P17. Yeah, which, not bad I mean, for me, a recovery. And he was a lap down. That's not easy to do, to pass the leaders and then unlap yourself. Because in IndyCar, yeah, you got to earn it. You don't you, get the pass by after the safety car like in Formula One or any other, yeah. ind- like, uh, or in uh, endurance racing, stuff like that. Yep. It's just, you got to go. I tell you what that that drive did though was it preserved him in second place because Scott Dixon sitting there with 212 points, Pato Ward third place, 211 points. Now let's play the game, all right? Scott Dixon at you know Indy, let's say he uh, you know let's say he finishes down where Alex Rossi does in P29, right? We'll get to Rossi in a second because remember what I said earlier. But let's play Scott Dixon game, right? He finishes down in P29 instead of uh, P... What did I just say? 17? Yeah, so he's behind Pato Award. In fact, he's probably behind Simon Pagenaud. So now he's nearly 50 points off of Alex Pillow instead of quote-unquote only uh, 26. That's a pretty big swing. That is a big swing. But here's the thing. It's a long season. It, it is long season. And, and Scott, Scott Dixon, Dixon has already weathered the storm many Scott, times. Scott Dixon weathered the worst storm he's going to have. Are you kidding me? Scott, yeah, Dixon, Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. We all know Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. He's going to Scott Dixon his way into yet another. We just had a lot of Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon. <laughs> and by Scott Dixon, I mean a championship. Alexander Rossi, we talked earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. Hey, Zen moment. Meditate. Let the race come to you. What'd he do? He tried to force some stuff and... P29's not good. Not entirely his fault, though. He probably would, I think he probably would have had a top 10 finish locked up. He started 10th. He looked to move up, you know, pretty okay when he was working in the backfield. Yeah. Um, but again, hey, look, the Andretti curse, it's coughed onto Alex Rossi. And now Alex Rossi has Andretti germs on him uh, at the yeah. IMS. It, 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 I, it just, yeah. How do you not feel bad for this guy? Like it, there's nothing it, it, he can do at I, any of these points. I I do think he's cursed. I do think he's. I cursed. think it's a I think it's a legitimate curse. It's always in the pits. Always. And it's always the same thing. And then he always reacts the same. Yeah. He gets angry and then he just I, does his thing. He does his thing and he and he burns his race up. Yeah. It's it's not that. It, well, and then he gets out and he's on the pit wall and he's like ha 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 ha. <laughs> well, and like that's the frustrating thing too is it's like man if you just ran the race you could you ran. Uh, without the pit lane stuff, he probably would have been another champion. I like yeah. he would have been two time champion to me. And then also, I think like the other thing too is the impetus for every one of these events is never, almost never, his fault. No. It's nothing he can do. He no. just sits there, and the universe keeps poking at him, like <laughs> stabbing him. Yeah, and it's but at some point, Andretti has to think. We need to give him an entirely new pit crew. Well, like because this pit, is too consistent. Literally, everybody on the Rossi thing, like the Rossi entourage, you're fired, or let's move you over to Marco. Let's move you over yeah, to literally let's anybody swap you else. All out. Yeah. Uh, because we need new blood. And then the other thing too is because this might be Marco Andretti's last Indy 500. Um, that means the number 98 is open. Do you remember the number that Alex Rossi won with? There you go. The number 98. Yeah. When did he start going downhill? Why, why? That seems to be right around the time he changed to number 27. So go take Marco Andretti's number 98, slap get, it on your car, get, get some, some new juju. juju. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's got to be the juju. <laughs> this is some evil juju. <laughs> this is some evil stick 27 to you and never is leave a you go. cursed number. 
You know what the next? Actually, I so I went to the movies for the first time. Okay. Last night. What'd you see? Uh, I saw uh, a Quiet Place too. Okay, you'll have uh, to tell me after I will, this. I I will. Okay. Uh, I had some amazing company. It was a, it was an absolutely awesome time. All right. But I saw a preview. Uh-huh. There were twenty five minutes of previews, by the way. It was <laughs> of impressive, of course. Um, but uh, it's it. The next movie is uh, The Conjuring, The Haunting of Alex Rossi. Ooh. Because of demons on his back. There's demons on his back? Demons. There's, there's no other explanation. There's demons? There is no other explanation. What is this demonry? Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to have to... The, the power of Christ compels <laughs> the you. The power of demon, Christ compels you. <laughs> and the demon says, I'm not very compelled. <laughs> okay, all right. There's what we're doing. If we ever need to send this podcast down in like a blaze of glory, we hire a professional like Catholic priest to exercise Alex Rossi's car while he's at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Father, can you bl- go ahead and bless uh, Alexander? Not, not bless. There, there is demonry within this. We, we need, he needs to get exercised. Yeah, like, 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 like he lived. Like I would, I would give so much money to whatever this priest is to come up. All right. Like we're talking holy water and cross, like you see in the Linda Blair movie. All right, and you just, you just power of cross. Without telling anybody in the Andretti pit stall, <laughs> and that is how we send our podcast out in a blaze of glory and never get press passes again. <laughs> Actually, I, I think Mario would like us for that. <laughs> he, he, he might. He is still Catholic. You you finish. You finish in a top five, and honestly, yeah, you're yeah. like, hey, you see what we did for you? Yeah, it's just like, see, see, you got you had a demon. So a couple other drivers I want to mention. Colton Herta in the opening stage of the race goes toe-to-toe with Scott Dixon, leads a bit, shows a bit of brass, um, grabbed the lead following a wild first flag session, cycles through P- uh, P16, not the best strategy. Colton Herta, though, I think he fell classic to the, you fell, you fell victim to the classic blunder, right? You're a young Indy 500 driver, you want to lead the race, yeah? Well, then go right ahead and lead the race, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Oops. That's not how you win the race. You don't win the Indy 500 by leading the race. No, not until the last ten laps. You don't. Yeah, exactly. Not at the not at that stage. No. And again, it's like we talked about. You know, the beginning stages, the first 150 laps, you cannot. Well, it's it is not possible to outright win the race. You can absolutely lose. You can it. only lose the race in 150 laps. Yep. The only time you should get excited about somebody leading the race in the mid stages or early stages of the race is when they start showing like. Moves that will become applicable in the last 15 laps. Yep. Right? If they're like, you're like, man, that guy just closed like a, a, a three tenths, four tenths second of a gap in like two laps and then just dove bomb the crap out of that guy. Yeah. That's when you go, ooh, that'll be useful on lap 198. You don't get, ex- you can't get excited about Colton Hurt. Well, I mean, you can, but don't read too much into that. You Colton Hurt is talented. Don't. He's talented. He will win an Indy 500. I'm calling my shot right now. Eventually. Yes. But uh, both him and Renus VK, you've fallen victim to the classic blunder by leading an Indy 500 before. And they let you do it because they're going to save fuel. Yeah. So I'll tell you right now, Scott Dixon did not give a rat's turd that Colton Turda and Renus VK passed him on lap one. In fact, no, he probably he would, he was probably doing the Alex Rossi thing like, come on, come on, point. Yep, you want to head? Go ahead. Go. All right, dude, I'll, I'll follow you guys. You know, I'm, I'll give you the lead. Do you realize that you're leading the Indy 500? That's a good move on you. <laughs> I'm proud of you yeah, right now. Say, do one for your sponsors, boys. Do your sponsors a solid. Get out there. Try to win it right yeah, now. Try to win it right yeah. now. <laughs> go go flag to flag. In fact, yeah, yeah, win flag to flag. Um, So I do want to talk about one other note before we wrap up this big old Indy 500. This is spectacular. Um, one, maybe two, 
No, we have three. We have three things, but these are quick. Yep. The amount of pit incidents, oh my goodness, ridiculous. It was crazy. Ridic- well, I it wasn't like the pit crews getting it wrong. Yeah. It was people going into the into pit lane way too hot. And that's what happened because like Stephen Wilson gave an interview. And he said that, like, hey, I went to slow down, and I went to cool it down to 60, and my foot just immediately to all the floor, the, all to the floor right? Yeah. Immediately all the way. And then he panicked and pumped the brakes, and that's where he built the rear tire pressure up and just—or not tire, but the brake pressure up and just, you know, Yeah, just spun. spun out. And then there was another one where uh, they were downshifting in the first, and it just lurched the car. Yeah. And I'm like, how, who, how did we— Get to that point. Uh, well, and, and one of the forgotten ones too. Will Powers spun on pit lane with like what fifteen to go, yeah. and very luckily he was off cycle because they got to turn him around. Because I remember watching that, going, "Oh no, 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 not a caution, not now! I don't well, no, want a it, caution right and, now." And yeah, but you you saw the car pointing the wrong way. Yeah, and he was in the wrong pit slot. Yeah, and you're, and you're like, like, "Oh, oh wait. no, 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 no!" Yeah, please. And then they're like, "Oh no." Well, they're going to have to go get him out. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, well, again, they're lucky they were off cycle, though, because can you imagine if somebody's coming down the pit? Oh. You would have had a whole fiasco. Yep. Um, I mean, Simona de, Simona de Silvestro uh, did the same thing on lap 171. She, um, no, Simona, was it Simona or was it Will? Anyway, uh, Simona de Silvestro did the same thing, which, by the way, I don't know about you, but I was rooting for the Pareto Motorsports team. Obviously, awesome. the fact they're you know female-led is awesome, but I think really the heart and soul of Indy and what we just saw in the winter is on the anybody can enter, just show up in the right car, and you two can race in the Indy 500. And, and they got in off of... On merit. On merit. Yeah. They qualified their way out of two other cars that had a shot. Yeah, and... To be honest, I like the way the teams run. I, I really hope I they do, come back next year. I do too. I do too. It was kind of heartwarming because I was walking down like the pit, you know, like the the little walk behind the pit row, yeah. right? Um, so you're walking down kind of that little concourse there. You have this chain link fence, and then you have the pits. Yeah. Um, and if you, it's not like an F1 pit where like there's garages. Like literally, you can stick your hand through a chain link fence and high five or like swipe like the tires, you know, if oh, you geez. want to. Like yeah. they're just sitting there, yeah. you know, and. Every time I, I passed by Peretta three times, I think, right? And every time I saw it, uh, I saw uh, uh, the team owner there. And uh, everybody was going, let's go, Peretta. You got this. Like, everybody's cheering them on. Like, they're yeah. passing by Peretta. Even in, like, Andretti jerseys, they're That's wearing, awesome. like, Tony Kanan jerseys. And they're like, everybody wants to see Peretta do well. Yeah. Uh, which was really, it was kind of one of those little heartwarming moments. That's so awesome. So... I mean, props to them for, you know, running the Indy 500, not the best finish, but you know what? It, I'm going to be honest, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, everybody wants them to do well. Um, female-led solo teams in the Indy 500 don't have super strong things, but the, the way that they're run, they don't have the strongest history, shall we say, right? right. But the way that they're run, I think it's going to be a little different. I think that if they come back, I think they might be looking. I'll have to look into it uh, after this. I think they might be looking at some point at a full-time run. Which would be awesome to see. Please let us have that. Yeah, that would be cool. But um, say, yeah, I saw some rumors about that online, and that's when I'm like, this seems like a really well, a differently run outfit that I'm used to seeing. Yes, it feels more like a like a like an Andretti Penske approach than a like I don't know a Haas approach. It really does. So, um, but anyway, back to the pit lane incidents, though. Yeah. Again, I it's just a byproduct of I think the guys are running on a ragged edge, 
and, you know, they just slam on the brakes a little too hard. I, I don't know what there is to be done about that. I think one solution is, you know, maybe a two-stage pit, <laughs> pit limit where it's like, okay, line one, you have to be under 100. Line two, you have to be under 60, and 60 is your speed limit. But again, though, I, I kind of do like the... I don't like the chaos. I don't like the danger. I do like the now slam on the brakes. <laughs> Covered it. I was gonna say I didn't. I didn't fear for the safety of any of the pit crews, um, so or the drivers. It's I think the same the, way I am. The I think the pit incidents. I'm just kind of shocked. I think you should probably have more practice. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. Like honestly, we had a ton of practice, but it's clear that you know some guys at at in when driving like in anger mm-hmm. are just coming in way too hot. And like, maybe that should be one of the things is you have, like, because I know they do it on, like, Fast Friday, right, where it's like, okay, everybody run together and now practice your pit stops, Yeah. right? Maybe you have one where it's like, okay, you can't log more than three consecutive laps, but you can practice pit stops for these four hours. Right. Where, and- where like, you have to go out, do a hot lap, and then come in, and you have to, like, service your car, you have to at least come through pit road. And then it's like, but if you log more than three laps, you're just kicking you out of this practice. But it's specifically for, for the love of God, hit the brakes right. For the right. love of God, attach your tire correctly. Or add another day where you can only go so many, you can go as many laps as you want, but you have an X number of laps at a time, and then you have to practice a pit entry. Yes. Like, have it be demanded where it's like, okay, you got 10 laps out there. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now you hit the pit. Yeah. Uh, there's something to be doing there. The, the thing is, too, is- Might the, actually uh, solve Alexander Rossi's problem, too. <laughs> might. That's right. We're here to help you, Alex. Um, For bringing a priest. We promise. But uh, the one thing, too, I, is Graham Rahal's incident was easily the most scary of the entire 500, right? 100%. We talked about that. While we're talking about solving pit lane incidents- that's where I legitimately did fear for somebody. Somebody's safety was both the hit and then also the tire flying is never good, right? Right. Um, but I tell you what, I don't know how you even legislate that. You probably need some, like, one extra guy not over the wall. Maybe over the wall, but he's not allowed to touch the car or any of its components just to double check everything. I don't know. Because, A lollipop man, but we already got that. Yeah, like something like that because I don't know how you'd legislate I, I, I that. Can't, I don't think you can. I think that's that was just a, an incident. It's just an incident. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I am. Um, let's see. Uh, we had one other thing. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, first off, letter grade to the Indy 500, and then also I have a follow-up, but go ahead. A plus. A plus. 100%, not even a doubt. Uh, that's the thing I am. That That's where I am, too. I yep. was A plus. I was thoroughly entertained. Um, we broke the speed record this year. Like there's the ending, the ease but earnability of a pass. So like it was easy to do, but you had to earn it. Right. Like it wasn't a gimme, but it wasn't hard. Right. Right. Um, I I just I I can't imagine it not being an A plus. Uh, instant classic territory. Right. So like 25 years from now, you're gonna be like, okay, I remember 2011. I remember 2016. But I really remember 2021 was uh, one of the best. I think so. You think so? I think you know the the world opened back up, back up, uh-huh. and we got a really nice race. Yeah, because I remember one of my favorite replays to watch is the final like 10 laps of 2014, right? Yeah, where it's just it's a duke, you know, a, a knockdown, drag out fight. Yeah, uh, for 10 laps to shoot out to go, we got that, but we got it naturally this year, which is God bless. Like, we got that, but we got it entirely green, and we got a four-time champion winner. The ticket, by the way, is in my little motorsports shrine that is my my nightstand, 
right? Oh, yeah. I think I've told, talked about this before. My nightstand is a tire from Daytona. It has now three Indy 500 tickets. It's a very cool picture. Uh, and and a rich energy can and a piece of glass over it to like place stuff on. Um, but yeah, it's in my little like it's my little monument because I'm like, yeah. this is. I, I still ha- love that rich energy can. <laughs> I know, right? I, st- I still have mine. Oh, we we peaked Th- at the thanks rich. Thanks again, Dylan. Yeah, thank you, Dylan. Um, but one last we're, thing. We're gonna have to talk about them eventually. <laughs> we are gonna have to. Because unfortunately, about. I think that's where we're heading. Yeah, we're shifting over into Baku talks now. Yeah. Uh, so that'll conclude our Indy 500 uh, stuff. We will have a guest, by the way, real quick, uh, for the race at the duel in Detroit, the two Belle Sweet. Isle races. Uh, he he is Bobby Krug. Bobby, um, I'll let him tell himself, tell you about himself, rather. Uh, but Bobby Krug, uh, at this point, just accepted a job a couple weeks ago to uh, work with uh, the Skip Barber School of Racing. He's a very accomplished karting driver. Holds the all-time track record at the Kartplex. One of the best, most skilled drivers I've ever seen in my life. Um, but uh, also, again, works with Skip Barber now. So he, That's awesome. That's how you learn to race, everybody. Yep. Um, so we will have a guest there. Shifting to F1. Formula One, race in Baku. I think we've already said we know, we think who's going to win. I want to talk maybe about why we like Baku as a say, track, let, as a circuit. Let's skip, because I think not nearly in any realm of the same magnitude, the same as, as you know, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah. But Baku does have kind of its own character, and it is it does play a character it's a in ca- its own story. It's a character. It doesn't have a soul like Indy does, but it has character. It does have character. It does have a castle section. <laughs> um, that's the thing I like about it. It's like Monaco without being Any of in the Monaco. Monaco BS. Right. You do have opportunities to pass. There's thick sections. There are incredibly narrow sections past specifically a castle, <laughs> a medieval castle where, guess like, what? If you get it wrong, it's like Monaco, it's going to make Almost you pay. literally, I think, one and a half cars wide. <laughs> uh, yep. There is no passing through there. No, but uh, but in the in this era of the wider F one car, I think it's a more entertaining track. It seems like the first to me of the car of the tracks built specifically for the modern F one car. Like it feels like okay, so Malaysia was the first of what I would consider purpose built road facilities. Purpose built facilities, what we call in America road courses. Yep. Purpose built facilities for the modern F one car. Where it's like it's what thirty meters wide or something, or twenty four meters wide, it's something ridiculously it wide. Is, Malaysia but was Malaysia, yeah, but Baku. Uh, it was designed, yeah, it was designed with a twenty sixteen car in mind. Right. The twenty seventeen car was a lot bigger. Yeah. And so, yeah, the twenty sixteen edition, uh, we were like, eh, okay. 2017, 18, 19? Yeah. Well done, Baku. Well done, Baku. Because that's the thing, is it feels like the first car, uh, the first track of a new generation of this is the modern F1 street circuit. Yes. Um, And I I like the track as well because it defies every freaking, like every sense of knowledge of what you have about what makes a good track. It throws it out the window, one. And two, the, in the act of throwing it out the window kind of makes itself spectacular. Yes. Right, because you go like, okay, Tim, what don't you like in 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 Formula One tracks? Ninety degree turns. Yeah, I hate those. Do you hate flat tracks? Yes. You really hate flat tracks. Um, do you hate just long, boring, do nothing straights? Yes. Uh, go get this track is long, boring, do nothing straights. 
almost entirely 90 degree corners. I'm yeah. not even going to lag. And, and again, ladies and gentlemen, the reason we don't like 90 degree, degree corners is because there's only one line through the corner. Right. You can't take multiple. You can't fit two cars through in a, at a different angle. Not that every corner has to be not a 90 degree corner, but, but you can't have too many of them. Right. And this is almost entirely <laughs> almost 90 entirely. degree turns. Uh, Tim, do you, uh, do you like sudden like narrowings of the track to make it almost impossible to go through. I actually do like that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but like that's because someone's gonna overcook it. But like, if you were designing a track, I think when we all looked at Baku, we said this looks like the dumbest circuit I've ever seen when we saw the outline of it. Yeah, and that's what makes it great, though, is because it, it bucks those trends. Because if you design an F1 car for what an F1 circuit is, you design a car for you know Spain. You design a car for. Uh, Monaco. Monaco, Mugello, right? You can't design a car for Monaco, Mugello, uh, Spa, Silverstone. You can't design a car for that and then also have it be inherently okay okay for Baku. Yeah. Because it's asking two entirely different things. Yes. It's an, it's an entirely different form of racing. Right. And I think that's what makes it great. I, I'm very excited. I do too. Obviously, Mercedes is going to win. Yeah. But- I want to, real quick, Yes, you get a lot of, we get, actually get a good amount of passes in Baku, which yes, is interesting. Do. One of my favorite things, and I've, I've told my friend this, I'm like, this is what makes Baku so interesting, because he got hyped for Monaco, and was like, that's cool, it was neat to watch, it was a fun little experience, the race kind of sucked on, I'm like, watch Baku then. Because Baku, one of my favorite things I told him, I'm like, there's a limit to how long a straight can be, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's just over one kilometer, 1.1, 1. 1, no, 1. 1.2? it's 2.2. Is it 2.2? It is 2.2 okay. kilometers. All right. Baku, the longest straight on the entire calendar. Yeah. Baku said, screw that. What if we just put a, a I rem, if I remember right, it was shorter though when Baku was designed though. A little bit. Might have been. Yeah. But Baku basically said, all right, what if we just put a really long straight and then a kink and then another really long straight and then a flat out kink and then the longest legally allowed straight. And they're like, what, what, you're flat out for like 50% of the lap and way longer than 2.2 kilometers. And like. Well, so. yeah, but there's a corner there. That's, yeah. a, that's definitely a corner, right? Yeah? All right, cool. I mean, it's legal. <laughs> and, it's, and it's Azerbaijan. It's yeah. gorgeous. It, it is. Like it's, it it's is, a spectacular race. It is a pretty race. It's weird, too, because I've never heard of... I'm going to be honest. I'm a geography bee champion. Shout out fourth and fifth grade. What's up, Woodland Elementary? Um, I'd never heard of Baku before Wait F1. until you hit your 30s. You never remember that stuff anymore. <laughs> I've never heard of Baku before F1 started racing there. <laughs> Only, I think it's cool. The only reason I think I'd heard of Azerbaijan, and this may be just me being dumb American, is because we had a foreign exchange student from Azerbaijan in high school. But uh, it's a gorgeous town, and yeah. that long straight is why we don't mind the 90-degree corners, because there's a few of those long enough straights to just get up and get around somebody to where the, the it's pretty much settled before the 90-degree. It is, and it, it's also, you know, last of the late breakers can kind of take the dive bomb yep. and go for it. No, I I, I think it's great. I think we, we made this, we made mention of this maybe two years ago um, where, you know, a lot of people will watch the classic stuff like Monaco, like Spa. Those of us that are entrenched, we wait for Baku. We wait for Baku. That's exactly what it is. It yeah. is the race fan's race. Yeah, exactly. You, you want to see... You want to see guys that are nervous. You want to see guys that are confident, and you kind of want to see it all mixed together. It's a really cool race, so I really recommend it. It is too. Well, keeping with the theme, we're not gonna. We said we're not gonna make picks. We're not gonna make picks. Nope. If you want to take a stab at it, tweet us at uh, Tim STLF1 on Twitter.
and at FormationLab101 on Twitter. If you look in the description of this episode, you can find our email address where you can email us all of the lovely hate mail that you can send. Um, and I believe last week's thing did say send us hate mail at. It did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So please keep sending us your hate mail. Some of them were actually quite entertaining. They were. They um, were. We so should, please hit us up. We should open up like a thing of the best of them at some point. Oh, we'll do a best of them. That would be yeah. great. Mailbag. Mailbag of hate. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think on that, though, it is time to wrap up. I'm Luke. I've been joined, as always, by Tim. We'll talk to you guys next week. See you. No, I think he pulled that out of his ass.